But with that in mind, our, we're on chapter six now for Passions of the Heart, and the, the title is Feeding the Hungry Idols of Passion. And really what we want to do is we want to starve the hungry idols of that passion, right? And so that's what it's really uh, about. And so just real briefly, he explains, John Street explains in this chapter what it looks like to have an insatiable appetite that demands satisfaction, Right, and none of us are are, are strangers uh, to that. But listen to Proverbs thirteen twenty five: the righteous has enough to satisfy his appetite. Isn't that sweet? The righteous has enough to satisfy his appetite, but the belly of the wicked suffers want has to have more. Is never satisfied. Right, <clears throat> and that just reminds me of one of my. You know, a passage I've had just in my, my heart and mind for, for some time now, probably a good, a good year where, you know, you have one of those passages you just keep pulling back and just keep pulling back is, for me, is Psalm 84, 411. The Lord God is a shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. He withholds no good thing from those who walk uprightly. But what a, what a <clears throat> joy that is to know. Our Lord God does not withhold one good thing from us, no matter the trial, no matter the temptation, the difficulty, whatever station we find ourselves in life, he is not withholding anything good from us. That is sweet. And, and the righteous, those who have the righteousness of Christ because of his imputed righteousness to us, the believer, the son and daughter of God has enough to satisfy his appetite. We can't forget that, gentlemen. What was your reference on that? Yeah, 80, that, that's Proverbs 13, 25. And the one on where he withholds no good thing from us is Pro, uh, Psalms 84, 11. Psalm 84, 11. Thank you. Yeah, and he also, in, in the chapter, talks about what, what it looks like to be a self-rewarder because of our faithfulness to God. We've done all of these good things. We've gone a long, hard Time without stumbling, without falling into uh, sexual sin. Um, it, it, he talks about how performance-based self-righteousness justifies an ongoing here and there indulgence. Okay, I've done so good. I've worked so hard. I deserve this fleshly outlet. And in our minds, yeah, God will excuse it. God will. God will excuse it. His His grace is sufficient, sort of that, that mindset, that attitude of being a self-rewarder because you've done well, you've done good. Um, he also talks about w w what it looks like to be a self-righteous Pharisee type of a believer who unconsciously thinks he has earned God's blessing by his behavior, goes hand in hand. Um, this this justifying this really the chapter is really could be summed up in I'm just ma making excuses. I got all these excuses upon excuses. He also talks about what it looks like to to to, to desire flattery and and praise and and how that nourishes uh, sexual lust, but realizing <clears throat> that the problem isn't the flattery itself that's going on, but but the heart of the receiver. Really, the problem is. Is us. It's not the, the, the flattery of the, of the adulterer or the flattery of, of, the, of the world and of the images that are out there. Um, 
And the truth is, is if our hearts are attuned to praise and flattery in our life, it will find that seductive signal that's shot out to us. If we are attuned to wanting and needing the praise and the flattery so that we can be built up how we want to be built up. He also talks in the, in the chapter about what it looks like to have a desire for power and control and how that nourishes sexual lust. He talks about in the chapter um, <clears throat> having a desire for comfort and, and how that nourishes sexual lust. He says, quote, The God-given sense of sexual pleasure is distorted into a grotesque monster of comfort or ease. It rules ruthlessly by feeding self-centeredness, deceit, (laughs) anger, and greed in the life of the one whom it rules. And then he says, pleasurable things that bring comfort replace God as your greatest love. End quote. So uh, question, men, really just in the the middle here is, has a deep desire for these things that are mentioned in the chapter, has a deep desire for flattery, praise, power, control, or comfort fueled our sexual demands? You got to really ask that question. Really think hard about it. Really even use that personal practice of the process of change sheet to really think through what crevices of my heart have um, that desire of flattery, praise, power, control, or comfort that's fueling the sexual demands? And the, 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 truth, the truth of it is, is according to Romans chapter 8, those who are in the flesh, we know this, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You're operating in the strength of the flesh. You're operating just on sheer willpower. You're operating just... The, 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 the do's and do nots of the world. If you're operating the flesh, you cannot please God. But those who are in the spirit are to live according to the spirit. We are to walk in step with the spirit, Galatians 5, Romans 8. And the, the thing about this is that those who walk according to the spirit, you're a child of God. You can live to please God. Isn't that such joyful news. We can live to please God. That's what we want to do. Second Corinthians 5, 9. Our aim, our desire, our goal is to please our God, our maker, our savior. And so here's the thing. If we're walking in the spirit, we're walking according to the spirit. That is according to the truth of God's word. Seductive words, seductive images, and no matter how enticing can't charm the disinclined heart, right? Even as he puts it in the chapter. It cannot charm our disinclined heart because we're inclined to the will of God. (laughs) We want to be inclined to his will and to pleasing him. So then that just brings us full circle again to understand that our job is to identify these various desires in our heart and then repent of them if we truly want purity, if we are truly drawing near to him, if we're truly wanting to, even as we heard on Sunday, if we're truly wanting to stir one another to love and good deeds, as we see the day drawing near, we need to be identifying these sins of our heart and repent of them if we truly desire purity. So, um, 
really the last question I think for us is how resistant are we? How resistant are we to these temptations of desiring, you know, flattery and praise and comfort and control and all these things that are mentioned in the chapter? Um, how resistant are we? I think as he puts it in the chapter, right, are we like that loaf of bread? Right? It would just so easy come and take of us and just d- d- devour us. And we're, we're reduced to a loaf of bread, right? To be taken, to be eaten, to be devoured. Are we that loaf of bread or are we an iron rod? Right? We, we want to be that iron rod, I think, right? Um, and so with that, we must have a holy resolve and resistance, even as Joseph did, right? And say with him, Genesis 39, verse 9. Remember where, where Potiphar's wife is, is tempting him and seducing him, trying to get him to, to, to be with her multiple times. What does Joseph say? This was his resistance, okay? This was his resolve. And this is what he said directly to her face. How then, quote, how then could I do this great evil and sin against God? He got it. He understood. He knew. Just like, just like the psalmist David, Psalm 51, right? Against you and you alone have I sinned, right? Cleanse me. Give me a new heart. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. But we need to have this resolve, this resistance as Joseph and ask the question. Each time we are faced with the temptation, throw this question out. Throw Genesis 39, 9 out every time. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? So with this call to holiness, men, I want to just uh, read John Street's gospel, uh, really enablement and encouragement in the middle of the chapter as we found it to live as we ought to live because we can. Okay, so if you want to turn there, you can. If you have your books, it's in the book, it's, it's page 154. And I want to read this because, I don't know, I've, I noticed as, you, as, as I came to this, what, what encouraging, um, strengthening truth reminders that we need that he, that he so well put in here. We need this, and we need to be reminded of this. Uh, Page 154, beginning at the very last sentence at the bottom of page 154. As a joint heir with Jesus Christ and a recipient of all the promises of God, you possess the ability to clean up your life from the inside out with the Lord's enablement. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. 2 Corinthians 7. Just as an athlete does not go into a game (laughs) intending to get hurt, so you must not go through your Christian life intending to sin, even just a little, because the Lord expects absolute holiness Jesus Christ is both our holiness and our goal in sanctification. Amen. So with that, let me pray for us, and then we'll have a good amount of time for us to break out into our groups, okay? Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you have granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of your Son. Lord, it's by your grace that we are here. It's by your grace that we are further sanctified. And it's by and according to your divine kind will 
that you who began a good work in us will perform it and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Lord, I thank you for uh, this study. I do pray, Lord, that if there be any um, temptations and desires, Lord, in our hearts for for flattery, for praise, for power, for control or comfort, Lord, that you would show that to us, that you would reveal that to us by your spirit, through the truth of your word, and that we would be quick to acknowledge it and quick to repent of it, Lord, and to know your forgiving grace and your enabling grace as well because of the sanctifying work that you have begun in our lives, Lord. We want to please you. We want to honor you. We want to be vessels pure uh, to be used in your kingdom, in your church, for the glory of your name, to love our wives as you have called us to, to love our children as you have called us to, to the glory of your name. Thank you for these dear men. Uh, Grant to us a time of sharpening and encouragement now in our groups. And Lord, that the rest of this day, that our song would be that our ultimate desire is to glorify our risen Savior who's coming again. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.